morning, everyone. How are we doing? There are so many people in here this morning. Wow. Well, um, I just have one quick announcement for youth group. Uh, as you know, we've been going through the book of James, talking about trials, uh, as that's very relevant to our lives. Uh, but we're going to take just a little break this week, so this coming Wednesday. We're actually going to have a movie night. Uh, we're going to be watching Disney's uh, Encanto. If, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a super cool movie. It's kind of cute. Uh, so we're going to be doing that this Wednesday, and it will be... You know, normally we meet from 6.30 to 8. We're going to be actually meeting from 6 to 8.30 just to give us time to kind of hang out, watch the movie, uh, and spend time together. So put that on your calendars for next week. Uh, and now we're going to watch a movie from Kingdom Kids. Here's the thing. I can't volunteer in kids' ministry. I take care of my own kids all day. I'm already tithing. What else do they want from me? Kids just don't get me. I don't know anything about the Bible. I am not a juice and crackers man. My kids are already grown up. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. I volunteered last decade. I need less stress in my life. I'm allergic to glitter. Kids are gross. I don't have enough vacation days. Let's be honest, you don't want me teaching your kids. My weekends are for the golf course. Look, we've heard it all before. So cut this away and sign up for kids' ministry. I think God's calling me to the parking lot ministry. All right, hopefully that got your attention. All right, I know a lot of people are like, okay, kids, I'm with them all day, or they scare me. And I'll be honest, after my kids were grown, I was like, oh, they're all grown, I'm done, okay, freedom. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I want grandkids now. And it's like, okay. So, but anyways, um, we are looking for volunteers. We need them in the nursery um, after COVID and everything. And now that we're back, we're booming in there. Um, today, we have seven in the nursery. And if you've seen the nursery, it's small. It's a great problem to have, though. It's, it's a blessing. So we're not complaining at all. And in Kingdom Kids today, we're, we're busting the walls. I think we have about 10 to 12. So uh, we need volunteers, and um, we're, we're really blessed. But, you know, it's not teaching. It's not going in there and being scared or intimidated. Um, reading a story. If you know how to do arts and crafts, if you can just sit and watch. If it's just, you know, doing an activity. Anything. I mean, we all have gifts. So if any of you feel it, just pray about it. Feel it in your heart. Anything that you like to give or help out, you know, in either of those ministries, nursery or in the elementary age, goes up kindergarten to fifth, um, we would be honored. So um, seek me out. I'm Kim. Seek out Tyler Larson. He's back there. Hi, Tyler. Um, and then Linda, who runs our ministry in the nursery, who's doing an amazing job. So uh, thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed the video. And uh, come check us out sometime in there. Thank you. You almost stole the mic, Kim. <laughs> Kim out. All right. Well, yeah, Kingdom Kids booming. Uh, we are blessed with Kim and her team and staff. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of exciting things happening. So, it, you know, uh, I was uh, started in youth ministry, and I did family ministry for a bunch of years. So I know the challenge of uh, serving and trying to get volunteers. And uh, we, really, we just ask you, really seek the Lord. And it's not just glorified daycare. What it is to us is pouring into the next generation, right? And how many of you who grew up in the church remember your children's ministry leader, Right? And, and it, the, the impact they have just by smiling and loving you on Sundays and, and the impact that had in just how you felt about church and, and really how that translates into how you felt about God. So I uh, really need your help and would love to have you participate. Uh, I shared earlier that this is a, kind of a different Sunday, and usually I'm right there. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of background about why we're going to do what we did. Uh, we've been going through the book of Philippians, and we were supposed to uh, finish out the second chapter today, and and generally what I do is, you know, come Monday, Tuesday, I just start studying again and prepping, and I'm like, okay, here we go, you know, 
the next uh, section, or they call it a pericope, right? If you want to get all fancy, fancy, right? So I'm like, okay, we're supposed to go Philippians 2, 16 to 18 or 17, 18 or whatever it was. And, and I was studying. And then, I, honestly, like Monday or Tuesday, it just, I was like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, because I genuinely, honestly, it's not just like when we teach and we, and we preach, we're not just giving you disseminating information, right? Even if we're going to go through Philippians, I say, Lord, what's the message for the people here? What's the message for us on this Sunday and for those at home and who will listen to it? What is your message through your word? And as I was working through it this Sunday, I don't know if it was what's happening globally or just what's happening nationally and just, or what I know what's happening in the church family. I just felt this like, you know, just wait a sec, just pause and just wait. So I just waited for a few days and, and it just got more clear and clear even up to yesterday. I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to choose as a church to do really what is foundational and core to our relationship with the Lord and to our whole being and our whole life, and that's to pray. Now, what's interesting is that in church, we'll often teach about prayer. We'll encourage you to pray. We'll give you a book on prayer, you know. But how rare is it on a Sunday morning for the church to actually pray? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, what if we have visitors? And what if we, what if we, yada, yada. And, and it's okay because we had to be obedient. We had to do what the Lord wants us to do today as a church family here and inviting you at, at home and, and those who will be listening later. Uh, the importance of prayer and how easy it is for something so significant in our walk with Jesus to literally just be cast aside, even on a Sunday morning. I mean, don't raise your hand, but how many of us today, we were going to church, but how many of us in the idea of going to church neglected quiet time? Because I'm going to church, right? And it's, it's interesting. In, in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love that last part of verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. When was the last time you pondered the fact that because you're saved, because you have a new covenant relationship through faith in Jesus, you have the very privilege to come to the throne of grace. Amen? Like, ponder that. If you were called into some high official's court or presence you know we would all have that sense of oh my gosh awe and 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 maybe a little bit of intimidation and you would be very reverential and very respectful and oh my gosh so-and-so wants to see you and he's given you wants to have conversation with you like me and those verses say through jesus we can with confidence come to the throne of grace so if we have that privilege and, and this supernatural ability to be in the very presence of God, why don't we take full advantage of that? Why, why is it that we can just wake up in the morning and just start our routine and some, for some reason ask God to bless what we want to do today rather than just sitting before the God of the universe that we have the privilege to call Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy, and say, here I am. You matter most to me. I love you with all my heart. Let's just spend time together. I want to worship you. I want to read your word. I want you to speak to me. I just, I just want to be with you, right? And, and, and as I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, Lord, are we really going to do this? And we haven't done it in quite a while. Or, or we always sort of have worship and prayer nights on Friday nights. Right? It has to be a special event, and then it becomes eventy, right? And only the real spiritual people go to worship and prayer night, right? Isn't that, that's for God's varsity, right? 
God's varsity goes to worship and prayer night. And, and it's just weird. We like compartmentalize and we just, we just turn our faith up in knots. And I, I don't understand that. And I don't really un- get that. But according to these verses, if you are a believer and have faith in Jesus, you can confidently enter the throne of grace. Like 24-7, 365. And it's not like a one-shot deal. It's not like, oh, Bobby, you're here again. Come on, bro. You are just here five minutes ago. You know, it, it's like open-ended invitation. Amen? And so maybe today, through how we do this, it'll be new to some of you, and that's great. And, and maybe you'll learn something for you, you know, the prayer model, you've, you've used it before, the Acts model. But maybe it's not what you're going to, information you're going to glean today. Maybe it's the experience of sitting and choosing to consciously be aware that you have the privilege to come into the throne of grace and to do it. Today is not about theory. It's about practice. And, and we're going to carve out that time to do it. And for some, it'll be a challenge because I'm going to warn you, there will be periodic two-minute periods of prayer. Now, two minutes. You're like, two minutes? Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do for two minutes? Because we're, we're like this. We're like this. Right? And you're sitting here, but some of you, I could tell your mind, and two minutes is... For some will go like that. You're like, I was just getting warmed up. What happened? And some would be like, okay, I'm good. Ten seconds in, I'm good. <laughs> you know? We're going to do it together. And, and I believe that wherever you are in your prayer life, wherever you are even with the Lord, that God can minister through this. Okay? So, so I'm going to uh, really encourage you. I'm sharing with this all in the front end so that we can walk through it together and let the Spirit do what the Spirit can do. Okay? Um, you know, we always talk about being like Jesus and being Christ-like and sanctification. Well, in Luke 5.16, in the New Living Translation, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus. Think about that. It says often. And you think, man, I thought he had it all together. I thought he was, right? He often withdrew. Luke 9, about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain to pray. So he did it by himself. Then he brought some of his boys. Right? And then in Acts 1.14, the believers prayed together. It says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Amen? So Jesus did it. Then he brought his boys. And then Acts 14 says, that's what the church does. The church prays. And back in 2019, uh, we walked through a series on the Lord's Prayer. It was, ta- it was called, Are You Praying or Just Saying? Right? And what is, what is biblical prayer? Right? In Luke 11.1, 1, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And we walked through that series line by line because many of us have probably never asked, How do you pray? You kind of pick it up, and you start mimicking people. Right Then you get intimidated. How many here have ever been in a small group and been scared to pray? Because you don't pray as good as the person next to you. Right? And then, and then you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't pray like you. And we pick up all these weird sort of hang-ups, even in the church, about what is prayer? And, and how do I pray? And I'm supposed to be talking to God, but I'm really more scared about what you think about me talking to God. Isn't that weird? Right? Prayer is supposed to be communicating with God, but in the small group, I'm more scared about what the group thinks about my prayer. Where does that all come from, and how do we break that? Well, honestly, it's learning, but it's also by doing. It's just by doing. I remember when I was a brand new believer, I was in a small group on Friday nights, and man, I had no clue. And then the, the, the girls would go pray back in the back room, and the guys would get around the kitchen table, right? And I had no clue. Right, I just barely got saved. And so it's like, okay, we're going to pray. And then the, the home fellowship leader and all the guys, you know what they do? We get around the table and they do this. Okay, we're going to pray. And they do this. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, we hold hands. Like, you what? We hold hands here? Like, and then they hold hands and then they close their eyes like this. And I'm like, okay, 
I guess. And you just kind of, right? What are you supposed to do? You just go with it, right? Because, and then they started talking to God like he was listening. Stunning. Stunning. Like expressing, telling God how much they love him and thanking him for things. And, and I'm like, they're just talking to God. Like, because I grew up uh, in the Roman Catholic tradition, and it's liturgical, and it's fine, you know, but, but it was very formal. And this idea, this concept of a conversational prayer life was, was something I had to really grow into and, and learn and knock my socks off that God was listening to us in that kitchen, right? Humbled, humbled by the concept of prayer, and having to work through all the hang-ups of like, uh, okay. And then, how many of you have been in a prayer circle and it goes in order? <laughs> oh my gosh. And then it gets to you. See, I say this because I know many of you are like, okay, how long do I wait till they get it that I'm not saying anything? Anyone? Right? You're like, okay, you know. Or you're like, okay, what do I say? Like, you know, and, and you got to work through that, that deal. And it's fine. It's part of growth, and it's all fine. And then, you know, afterwards, you find out nobody cared. They weren't listening to you anyway. They, right? Isn't that amazing how we make things so much bigger in our own head than, than they really are? But it all comes into prayer. And so this morning, however God's going to do it, he just impressed upon me. We, we had to pray. And we're going to walk you through a model. In fact, there was a model in Matthew 6 called the Lord's Prayer. Many of you are familiar with that. And Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we went through this. Jesus says, okay, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Very familiar right, in many church traditions. And so we walked through that for several weeks, and still online, you can go back and look at that. But that word, pray, how many of us even know what that means? I mean, it just, usually if I say, hey, define prayer, well, talking at God. Define prayer, well, giving God my list for him, right? That's prayer, right, talking at God and telling him what I need him to do. And, and really, the Greek word for pray is pros uhomai. Now, the word pros, okay, the prefix pros, means facing before. So pros uhomai, if you're going to pray, the very prefix means you are very conscious that you are before the face of God. Before anything comes, comes out of your mouth, pros uhomai, pray is And for some here, if you would pros, what comes out of your mouth may radically change. Because you might have just pros, and you, ne- you never say anything. And you get up, and that was your day. That was your time. That was your prayer, because you were in the presence of God. You see? Uhomai, pros, uhomai. So I come consciously before the face of God. Uhomai is what I say in response to being in his presence. So just that very fact, right? Even, even at church, we try to say, okay, you know, we're here before the face of God, Coram Deo, before the face of God, right? And, and so this morning, we want to we give you that. Because my guess, if you're like me, and I'm very, you know, you shared, I shared even last Sunday, I try to be up on current events, and da-da, and I get spun, da-da, trying Oftentimes in our life, we're not, we don't live before the face of God. We live before the face of circumstance. We live before the face of feelings, before the face of emotions, before the face of our finances, before the face of conflict. We're living in, before the face of a lot of things other than Deo, God. And so prayer, if we understand pros uhomai, prayer says, no, I first come consciously into the presence of God because I can through Jesus. And then through the Holy Spirit, he'll prompt me what to say. And 
There was a model in the Lord's Prayer, a model, and we saw we walked through the model. Well, there was another, um, there's another model. There's several different models of prayer, and we're going to look at one today that, that some of you are familiar with. It's called the ACTS prayer model, okay? A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And it's a model that you can use. You're like, how do I do a quiet time? How do I pray? Well, rather than jumping, most of us, and Bill's going to talk about supplication, most of us jump right to S. Supplication is the asking. And we skip adoration, confession, and thanksgiving. So if you've ever wondered how to pray today, you're going to get a chance to do it. But you're also going to understand that there's elements to it. A model. This isn't hard and fast. In fact, with the model, there's actually freedom in it. But it, I hope it will give you structure. I hope maybe today or tomorrow morning you'll say, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to see what the Lord does. Okay? And so we're going to walk through each one. We're going to play a song to kind of transition and everything like that. And so uh, the first one is adoration. Adoration simply means I'm going to adore, praise God for who he is. I'm going to pross. I'm going to come into the presence of God. And on the very front end of prayer, I just want to, I just want to focus on him. Not me, not my circumstance, not my feelings, not my opinion. I want to focus on him, his nature, his character. The privilege of being in the presence of the God of the universe who I can call Father, right? Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, Prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when, upon his knees, he comes face to face with God. Prasuhomai, face to face with God. In fact, Jesus started the model prayer in Matthew 6, 9. He says, pray then like this, okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. All right, let's say that together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, I grew up saying that. I can still recite that. I, I learned that at a very young age. I never understood. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father, okay, he speaks to Father. I can call you Father. Hallowed be your name. He's hallowing, he's revering, he's, he's revering God's name. Hallowed be your name. Right? And, and what are the, some of the names? Before we pray, what are some of the names? Well, Elohim, God, creator, mighty, strong. El Shaddai, God Almighty, all-sufficient one. The Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the most high God. El Olam, the everlasting God, the eternal God. And then under the new covenant, we call him Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy, right? And so when we begin prayer in adoration, we sit and we go, Elohim, El Shaddai, right? If you're familiar with the Psalms, you are my God, you are my rock, you are my fortress, my strength, all of that. And so what we're going to do for two, about two minutes, is I'm going to encourage us and invite you at home and in listening. We're going to adore God. Now, the challenge is some of you are going to adore him and then go right to something else. Just for two minutes, do your best to adore God. Think of the names. Eileen, can you put up the names? We're going to leave the names up there so you can focus on the names. What does that mean, coming into the presence Hallowed be your name. So, Father, we come before you now in adoration. Jesus, you said the model prayer starts with our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So, Father, for a few minutes on this Sunday, we choose to hallow your name. To focus on the incredible privilege we have to pros, to come in to the very presence, the very throne of grace through faith in Jesus. So we do that now.
walked across the pages of time You made every living thing Behold him You heard humanity's cry Left his throne to wake as a child He became like the least of us Behold him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, Lamb, the roaring lion. Oh, be still and behold him. spend time adoring God, oftentimes a response to that is we begin to see ourselves more clearly. His holiness, right? He is holy, holy, holy. And, and adoration leads us into confession. And what is biblical? The word confess in the Bible simply means to agree. When God says something is sin, we agree. That's to confess. And so as we adore God, it leads us into confession. Kenneth Weiss says, the constant attitude of the saint towards sin should be one of a contrite heart, ever eager to have any sin in the life discovered for him by the Holy Spirit, and ever eager to confess it and put it out of the life by the power of that same Holy Spirit. So we adore God, and then we move into a time of confession, and, and we really say, Lord, is there something in my life that you would call sin? Is there something in my life that's displeasing to you? Is there an area of my life where the flesh dominates over walking in the Spirit? And, and rather than it being a time of beating yourself up and feeling guilty and condemned, what it is, it's a time of being right with God. Right? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When, when, when God forgives your sins, the Bible says he remembers them no more. Amen? Now, the devil is the accuser. The devil will be the one to throw your past at you. Oh, remember when? Oh, gosh, you did that again. What kind of Christian are you? That's not coming from God. If you've confessed your sin and you've been forgiven, you're good to go. You're good to go. And that's why you can confess throughout the day. I remember as a young believer, I thought I had to keep a list and load them up till the end of the night. Anyone? 
right? And then before you go to sleep, you feel really bad because you're like, oh my gosh, God must have been angry all day. Look at all of this. And I didn't realize that 1 John 1, 9, confessing, repenting, acknowledging it, receiving forgiveness was continuous, amen? Right? Like someone cuts you off, you don't respond in the most godly way and you get some conviction, you can confess that and receive God's forgiveness right then. Amen? Right? It's, it's relationship. It's relationship. Any, you sitting next to someone that you've had to ask forgiveness for something? Anyone? No? Thank you. Wow. Josh, awesome. You walk on water, bro. Man. Or she's lying. I don't know. I don't... Right? It's, it's relational. If you step on someone's toe, you do something, you do, what do you do? You ask for forgiveness. You own it. You take responsibility. You decide, I don't want to do that again to you. I don't want to hurt you that way. I repent of it. That's turning. And you make it right. You're restored. That's biblical forgiveness. And so we adore God, and then we come to him in a time of confession, which really is a, is a heart love. You say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. I can fool a lot of people. I can put up the front. I can say the Christian words. I can show up at Bible study. I can show up at church. But the Bible says there's nothing hidden. There's nothing hidden. And as a believer, the good news is, Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation. Right? There's no condemnation. You're, you know you're saved. But the relational component, your fellowship, might be strained because of, decisions you've made this week this morning i don't know and so we're just gonna have a time of confession just you and god there's nothing in just be honest receive his forgiveness and go oh how many have ever just felt the weight lifted right whether it was even with the lord or with someone that you made it right and the weight was lifted because the relational strain and the the obstacle that was hindering true fellowship with that person was now resolved how many have ever felt that right well sometimes in our life things happen we're in sanctification we're doing our best and we just start making one decision after another and it's not always the best and we get in this cycle and pretty soon guilt condemnation you know we're, we're just beating ourselves up and rather than coming to father to get it right by confession we actually end up farther away from him we don't want to go to church anymore. We don't want to go to Bible study. Oh, if they only knew how much of a hypocrite I am and if they only knew. Don't let the devil get in your head. Don't let the accuser keep you from the very throne of grace and from the very people, the church, that you need to be with for love and support and encouragement. Okay? So First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's just spend a couple minutes. Come before God. If, if the Holy Spirit brings something to your mind that you need to confess, you just agree. Father, I confess it. I agree with you. That was sinful. That was displeasing. I agree. I turn. I want to turn from that. Please forgive me. So let's just have a time of confession. Father, you say in your word, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we're an open book. There's nothing hidden from your sight. 
You know us. You've heard it all. You've seen it all. You know our thoughts. You know everything. And we're thankful that because we're your children, there is no condemnation. And we can come to you for forgiveness. So we do that this morning. Father, we just want to be right with you. And so, Father, by faith, in accordance with your truth, we say thank you for your forgiveness right now, this very moment. Thank you. We may not feel like it. We still may have remorse. We still may suffer some consequences for our choices. But, Father, by faith, in the very word of God, we say thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you. And we purpose in the power of the Holy Spirit to turn away specific areas that you know about. Lord, enable us through the power of the Holy Spirit to honor you in these areas. So by faith, Father, thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is based on the two things that we just did. It's based on starting with an accurate understanding of who God is, that adoration, that experience of coming to our Father, coming to God with a clear understanding of who he is and worshiping and adoring and loving him. It starts there that we understand clearly who God is. It's followed up by clearly understanding who we are, that we're not God, that we are, in fact, fallen, sinful human beings that have been saved, released, set free by the grace of God, strictly by his work, by his death, by his resurrection. And when we clearly understand who God is, 
and we clearly understand who we are, then we can and will just by nature, we will naturally be full of thanksgiving. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to 18 says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's a very personal verse, and frankly, it's really a very exciting verse. I was thinking about what Richie was talking about in adoration, and he just kind of said it in in one sentence, but get your mind around coming into before the throne of God. You know, this is kind of a weird analogy, but just think about the most powerful person you can possibly think of. Let's just say the president, whether you like the president or not, the president, whoever the president is. You know, is just, you know, if you've ever, I've been in the White House. I haven't gone into the Oval Office, but stood at the door and looked in the door. And honestly, it's really kind of an overwhelming experience of power, of authority, of awe, of my gosh, you know, like, am I, am I doing anything wrong? Am I stepping in the wrong place? You know, you just have this sense of, of awe. That is nothing compared to coming into the presence of God. Nothing compared to coming before the throne. And when we do that, just our hearts are going to be full of rejoicing. We, we are going to pray. We're going to want to be in his presence, talking to him like Richie was talking about, just constantly. And we are going to give thanks regardless of what is going on in our lives. Whether you're having a wonderful week or a lousy week, we are going to want in our hearts because we know who he is, because we know who who we are. We know what he has done for us. It says that this is the will of God. I'm not sure, you know, if you ever kind of wonder, ask yourself, you know, I wonder what God's will is for my life. You know, and sometimes we mean by that, you know, like, should I marry this person or not? Should I go to this school or not? Should I move? Should I buy this business, should I get this, whatever. You know, there's lots of things that we ask ourselves, what is the will of God for my life? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 tells, answers that question. It says, rejoice always. That's what he wants you to do. No matter what's going on in your life, rejoice. Pray without ceasing. That constant relationship, that ability, like Richie said, just... Something goes on in your life right then and there, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, just turning your heart, turning your mind, turning everything you are to him in praise, in prayer, in, in confession, whatever that discussion and dialogue is with the God, praying without ceasing, giving thanks. Richie's taught on this in all, that scary little word, all. It's not give thanks when things are going well. It's not give thanks when I'm feeling good and I'm happy about what's going on in my life. It's giving thanks in every, all circumstance because it's his will. But really, the key, the key to this whole verse to me is the last one, two, three, four, five. Five words. In Christ Jesus for you. Because everything that we've talked about so far, the, so far, the adoration, the confession, and the ability to rejoice always, the ability to pray without ceasing, the ability to give thanks in every single circumstance, it happens when we are in Christ. That's when it happens. And if we are not in Christ, those things honestly, even as a believer, are not going to happen. Jesus tells us that he's the way, that he's the truth, that he's the life. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus says that he is the vine. He's the source of life. We're the branches. We're the receiver of life. And he goes on to say that apart from him, we can do what? Nothing. Nothing. That's it. That's just apart from him, there's nothing that we can do. It doesn't mean that, you know, we don't breathe and walk and live life, but we do nothing that's of eternal value, nothing that is contributing to God's kingdom. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6 says this, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, 
Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace that we've been saved. And he raised us up with Christ, and the Father seated you and seated me with him, Jesus, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is who you are right now. Right now at 1056 on Sunday morning, sitting here in Ojai, California, or watching wherever you are, you are currently seated with Christ in the heavenly places before the throne of God. That is something that's worth being thankful for. That is something to rejoice about. That is something to pray with excitement about and to change our perception of all of our circumstances. And lastly, Colossians 3, 1 to 3 says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. That's a, that's a fact. It's a statement of fact that if you have put your faith in Jesus, you have been raised from the dead spiritually in Christ Jesus. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. For you have died, and your life, the life that you now live, is hidden with Christ in God. So we're going to move into a couple of minutes of thanksgiving. And I didn't define thanksgiving and that kind of stuff. I think we all know what that means. It's just an expression of joy, of appreciation, of love, of, of excitement. And we have a lot to be excited about as we read all of these truths. So we're going to put First uh, Thessalonians back up there. You can just kind of reflect on those verses that rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances because it's God's will. It's God's will for you, and that will is found in Christ Jesus. So let's take a couple of minutes, just personally express your love, express your adoration, express your thanks, because we know who God is and we know who we are in Jesus. Thank you. 
with a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I come before you today. I come before you today And there's just one thing that I want to say Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord For all you've given to me song of praise with an outstretched arm I will bless your name thank you Lord I just want to thank you Lord thank you Lord I just want to thank you With a grateful heart, with a song of praise, with an outstretched arm, I will bless your name. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just want to thank you, Lord. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. There is much in each of those areas in our prayer life. Amen. Much to adore about God, much to confess, and so much to be thankful for. And now we enter into a time of supplication. Prayers of supplication are prayers of request. As Richie said, that's really kind of our default position, isn't it? We find it easy to go to God in prayer for the requests that we have. And essentially, this is just a time to ask God for his divine, his supernatural help and intervention into our lives to meet our needs or someone else's needs. Biblical supplication means simply to plead or to ask for. Ask for your heavenly father, your, your Abba, your, your, your daddy. It's that personal. To meet whatever need that you have or whatever need the Lord puts on your heart for others that are around us. There are so many, aren't there? So many. The root word for the word supplication carries with it this strong sense of attitude, of both humility and reverence. 
And as we go to God in supplication, asking for him to intervene supernaturally in our lives for those things that we are desperately in need of and desirous of, we need to do that with great humility and with great reverence. And we're going to give you a chance to do that in just a moment. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then there's a result of this in the next verse. God's word says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful truth, amen? You see, so whatever you're going through, at this very moment, as the world seems like it's on fire, and yet it seems so far away and yet so close. And maybe what you're going through, maybe your own personal world is on fire. You see, God cares and he wants to hear from us because he is our Abba, our Daddy. And he is with us and he loves us. And he cares for us. What a powerful morning this morning. To be engaged in the presence of the living God who is in this place with us today. The power of the spirit that resides in every believer in this place right now. To be able to go to our heavenly father who cares and understands and loves and wants to be there and hear from us and be there for us and answer our prayers, even in times and in ways that we don't understand. He says he will give us peace, peace of God and peace with God that will surpass anything that we could ever understand. That's faith. So whatever it is that is happening in your life right now, know that you can come with these personal requests to a personal God that loves you. Ephesians 6.18 says, to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion and stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then I would add for this morning, the reminder, don't forget to pray for yourself. So take a couple of minutes this morning and with a humble heart, with that humility and with a reverence that God deserves, come to him. Beseech him now for the things that are happening in your life and around the world. Many people need prayer. Lift yourself up, those around you, your loved ones, those you don't even know, to the living and loving God that cares. Amen. Take a couple of minutes to do that.
You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. together. You are my strength. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in again I bless your name you are my all in all when I fall down you pick me up when I am dry you fill my cup you are my all in So many people in here this morning. Wow. Well, um, I just have one quick announcement for youth group. Uh, as you know, we've been going through the book of James, talking about trials, uh, as that's very relevant to our lives. Uh, but we're going to take just a little break this week, so this coming Wednesday. We're actually going to have a movie night. Uh, we're going to be watching Disney's uh, Encanto. If, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a super cool movie. It's kind of cute. Uh, so we're going to be doing that this Wednesday, and it will be, you know, normally we meet from 6.30 to 8. We're going to be actually meeting from 6 to 8.30 just to give us time to kind of hang out, watch the movie, uh, and spend time together. So put that on your calendars for next week. Uh, and now we're going to watch a movie from Kingdom Kids. Here's the thing. I can't volunteer in kids' ministry. I take care of my own kids all day. I'm already tithing. What else do they want from me? Kids just don't get me. I don't know anything about the Bible. I am not a juice and crackers man. My kids are already grown up. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. I volunteered last decade. I need less stress in my life. I'm a 
allergic to glitter. Kids are girls. I don't have enough vacation days. Let's be honest, you know I'm teaching our kids. My weekends are for the golf course. Look, we've heard it all before. So cut the suede and sign up for kids' ministry. I think God's calling me to the parking lot ministry. All right, hopefully that got your attention. All right, I know a lot of people are like, okay, kids, I'm with them all day, or they scare me. And I'll be honest, after my kids were grown, I was like, oh, they're all grown, I'm done, okay, freedom. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I want grandkids now. And it's like, okay. So, but anyways, um, we are looking for volunteers. We need them in the nursery um, after COVID and everything. And now that we're back, we're booming in there. Um, Today, we have seven in the nursery. And if you've seen the nursery, it's small. It's a great problem to have, though. It's, it's a blessing. So we're not complaining at all. And in Kingdom Kids today, we're, we're busting the walls. I think we have about 10 to 12. So uh, we need volunteers, and um, we're, we're really blessed. But, you know, it's not teaching. It's not going in there and being scared or intimidated. Um, reading a story. If you know how to do arts and crafts, if you can just sit and watch, if it's just, you know, doing an activity, Anything. I mean, we all have gifts. So if any of you feel it, just pray about it. Feel it in your heart. Anything that you like to give or help out, you know, in either of those ministries, nursery or in the elementary age, goes up kindergarten to fifth, um, we would be honored. So um, seek me out. I'm Kim. Seek out Tyler Larson. He's back there. Hi, Tyler. Um, And then Linda, who runs our ministry in the nursery, who's doing an amazing job. So uh, thank you for your time. Hope you enjoyed the video. And uh, come check us out sometime in there. Thank you.